welcome to the Movie Quest podcast. This is a podcast where each week we chat movies, we hang out, talk movies, uh, discuss uh, movies usually uh, around a theme or a season. Uh, this week's season is Dusk, and we'll get to that later, why we've chosen Dusk. But I'm joined, as always, by my good friends, Johnny. Hello. And Aaron. Hello. And uh, yeah, we had... Uh, we had uh, last week. We had the Mandalorian podcast that came out, and uh, it was quite a fun one to do. We had some guests on, so what we're trying to do as a bit of a new thing is, if you'd like to get in touch or like let us know what you thought about the podcast, or just any questions or any just things you've heard that you want us to talk about or whatever, please get in touch. You can talk. You can email us on the podcast at themoviequest.com or uh, Insta uh, at themoviequest. But yeah, we'd love to hear feedback and suggestions of how to make the show different, better, and things that we got wrong or what you agreed with or disagreed with from the last episode, but that would be great. So, guys, how are you doing? And what have you been up to this week? Uh, yeah, um, I'm doing well, thanks for asking, Ant. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I hope you're, you're keeping well as well. You're looking, looking like you've caught the sun, actually, or maybe it's just It's just, your... it's just the, the glow of, the, of, the, of my lights in my room, I think. Could that be flux on your screen? It's not flux, no. It's just the the basic <laughs> standard Windows thing, whatever it does. Um, yeah, no, I've uh, I've been good. Uh, what I've been doing, watching TV, and yeah. um, not a great deal, really. It's. Uh, I think everyone's in that boat, aren't they? But there's not much going on. Yeah. So everyone's in the same situation of just sort of yeah, Wait, sort of uh, waiting for next month when things start opening up again. Yeah, everyone's hanging on for yeah this kind of release, and we can see people and friends and stuff again, and uh, and family and whatnot. So uh, yeah, looking forward to the times to come. Aaron, how you getting on? Yeah, I'm good. I'm sat here with my big glass of wine. I know. Before um, the podcast, Aaron had a nice big glass of red wine and a and a caramel a tonic biscuit. Yeah, yeah, a tonic. Yeah, a big tonic. You got it. You know, people out there, listeners out there, know. Know all about the tonics if they if they're a tonic fan. Which if you're not a tonic fan, you need to get become a tonic fan. Just living life, aren't you? Really? Just really. Yeah, I am. I am living that life. That fellow um, life. I am very ready to talk about uh, this this season's number one film, Pitch Black. Oh yeah, Pitch Black. That was my my choice uh, of film. Um, Shall we get to yeah. later? But I mean, I guess we should talk about the podcast as like what we've what. Potentially, well, what we're changing this about this season. Yeah. So we basically we had a chat uh, at the end of last season, and basically we were just like, what what did we like and what we didn't like, and obviously we're still in the grand scheme of things a fairly like young podcast. We're still trying to trying to make our way in the game, you know, trying to figure out what's going on, trying to think different things out. So we thought, you know, we're not going to lock down what we're doing um, forever. So we're trying to mix it up a bit. So how how are we going to mix it up, Aaron? What did we we had a long chat? What did we decide? I mean, so, at, what, at some points we were going to completely change the podcast from from, yeah, from the start we were. completely. We were, but we ended. Up- I think it. I think it's important that as a piece of content that we like grow and learn from the things that were good about it and the things that were bad. So like one of the things that we thought was really good about the first season, um, was the fact that we had like a lot of random films put together. Uh, to to compete against for the for the best film, and then one of the things we really liked about the other seasons was the structure, 
in a sense that they were a bit more focused in. So obviously one of like, for example, the water season where we were sort of discussing like water. So we were like, how do we get that chaotic mix of films with also like a structured sense of identity for each film that we chose? So what we thought was we would do a season of nine episodes with three themes throughout. So one theme we would, and one thing we would choose three films together and then the next one, we would choose three films. And then the next one, we would choose three films. And at the end of the episode, each episode, what we'll do is we'll start to rank them again. So the idea is you'll start to see films that are similar to each other around a certain theme. And this, obviously, as Ant said before, the theme is dust. Dusk, sorry, not dust. <laughs> um, dusk. Be, this um, film could work for dust as well, I think. Uh, yeah. <laughs> mm, you know, mm, yeah, it's true. That uh, dust. Dusty, uh, Very dusty film. Dusty planet. Good job, yeah. Um, but basically, on. we would, yeah, uh, you would get like. You get the varied films. I mean, the different varied films, films, but they're still, they're still a tie, being, being tied together, aren't they? Yeah. Um, but then the sad thing is, we lose the sort of finale episode, but the good thing is, you get the finale episode every episode because it's at the end. Yeah. I mean, it should um, only be, we're hoping to keep it. A fairly short little bit at the end. Yeah, um, of course. So, we'll in summary, we're doing three mini-seasons within nine episodes, and each three episodes is based on a theme, which is going to be very loose, so we can kind yeah, of... Yes. Uh, we've we found we've kind of been shoehorned into genres in some of our previous seasons. Um like, Although Johnny Johnny always likes to break out of those genres. Uh, yeah, I, I tried to I'll the animated out. season. <laughs> <laughs> Animal Lisa and Lego movie back to back. I, um, I know that the Tarantino one in particular it was sort of choosing between a very small amount of, of films. Yeah. So we wanted to kind of just make it make it broad and make it yeah. quite diverse. I mean part so. of it is you know, for the podcast and for the listeners and stuff, but also part of it is just for us and our, and our, and our enjoy about what we enjoy about the podcast. Because ultimately, like, we're not doing this particularly for like to get loads of listeners and stuff. We're doing it sort of. It's like a fun project for a group of friends to get together each week and record a podcast. Obviously, we want to make it listenable and we want to bring in other voices and people, you know, to have input on it. But uh, also, we don't want to just like be bored ourselves or like you know. Um, feel like we're stuck in a bit of a rut one of the other things we brought in as an idea as well is that we're going to have a rule and the rule is going to be uh that we can only pick of the whole season of three three topics we can only pick one film that we've seen um because again one of the things we, we liked about the previous seasons is when like johnny would pick a film he'd never seen before uh and it sort of it sort of made it feel a bit more exciting and like i think it was better for discussion and just sort of like we weren't going into thing, but with those films that we you know we hadn't seen before, it was a bit more of a, ooh, what's Aaron going to think about this? Because you know we never, you know we haven't discussed it before and stuff. So yeah, that that's sort of one of the things we're going with. So for this week, I'd never seen Pitch Black, hence I, I chose it. I wanted to save my uh, my film choice that I have seen for maybe a later round. Yeah, it's almost like there's a bit of strategy to it as yeah. well. Like I think it kind of forces you, if you want to choose a film that you've seen, it forces you to be a bit more, like, you don't want to waste it, you yeah. know? Like, it's a very, like, oh, we need to make sure that it's a good film. And maybe you do want to throw it away, but um, we'll be interested to see how, how this shapes the podcast. I'm very interested to see what picks we come up with. 
Um, but I think for for me, it just says that we're growing, um, and I can totally understand. Well, I mean, I know that the people that are listening to this podcast, i.e., my dad <laughs> and Lewis. our wives um, and girlfriend, um, will will definitely um, definitely agree with us um, that you know sometimes the seasons can be a slog, and this should hopefully. Hmm. Spice it up, especially when you put it. I think, I think, especially when you put in your other half through whatever you're watching as well. Absolutely, Uh, (laughs) not not another Johnny film. Yeah, probably. Yeah, (laughs) genuinely, like Heather. Heather was like, she only watched Pitch Black with me is because when she listens to the podcast, she always finds it's easier to listen to the ones that yeah yeah. she's seen the film. So I think that wraps up. Some of the changes we're making. Yes. Again, we're we're not going to stick to a rigid format forever. We might change it up again in the future, you know. But we're trying this out for now, trying to be flexible. Mm-hmm. Yeah, definitely. On that note, shall we move on to our next part of the podcast Second. where we chat about what we've been watching this week? Uh, Aaron, do you want to kick us off? Yeah, yeah. Um, so Heather and I have sort of been on a weird genre thing um so we watched a film called greenland which is on netflix no it's on amazon prime i've heard things about this film i'm basically like a giant meteor is heading towards earth Mm. and it's going to destroy the planet so people are trying to get to greenland because there's a bunker there that will protect them all from the meteor that's going to destroy the planet it's Daryl Butler, isn't it? And um, his wife. I can't remember what her name is. So uh, uh, the, it's the lady from Firefly. Morena Baccarina? Yeah. Yes, Baccarin? that's the one. Yes, and, yeah. De- and Deadpool. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah, she's in Deadpool, yeah. yeah. Um, so it's it's just what... It's exactly what you get on the tin, isn't it? It's just... Planet's going to die. Everyone's running around. It's pretty much like chaos. I wouldn't particularly say... It's a good film. I just think it's an easy watch. Um, I wouldn't recommend people to watch it unless you're Do you, do you watch a lot of these of... sort of films? These sort of like apocalypse films? Or is this where you're going with this? <laughs> well, this is where I'm going with this. So then straight after that, about three or four days later, we were like, right, that was all right. Let's watch one that we know is like also hot trash, but also good. So we watched um, uh, The Day Before... The Day After, day tomorrow. after tomorrow. Yeah, with... Uh, <laughs> Jay yeah, Gyllenhaal. Yeah, Jay That's yeah. the one. Um, also, hot trash, but I like very... that film. That has, no, I have see, fond memories of that. It's good. It is good. If you like that kind of film, and you know you're not, you know when you're like going into a film, and you just don't want to take much from it, you just want to watch a film. Yeah. Completely switch your brain off and just you know, let the cold come in and whatever. But, but that film it always makes me think. Like whenever I watch it, and it is on TV a lot. It's one of those films that's always on TV. <laughs> always on. And TV, I remember yeah. watching years ago, like. You start getting into that mindset of like, oh no, you can't go outside. The snow is outside or whatever. Like yeah. you kind of you got a bunk, you got like got to stay in the bunker of your house or whatever. And then you go outside and it's like a nice warm day. You're like, oh okay, yeah, it's fine. But uh, yeah, I mean, I quite like. I mean, I think there's a couple of scenes in that that really stick out. The one with the wolves on the um, on the ship yeah, is yeah, great. The, That's a good, boat, yeah. great ship. Uh, great seeing that. It's good, like I mean, it's not, it's not, it's not an impressive film. You know, it's not going to win like a, an award or whatever, but. Like it's a good sort of thriller, 
where you can sort of hunker down and be nice and warm inside your your house whilst mm. you watch like these people freeze to death yeah, inside yeah. the movie movie world. What um, what's the best one of those films? Because it's like you got like Independence Day, you've got um, Armageddon, like Deep Impact, Armageddon. You've got what are the other ones? Dante's Peak. Dante's yeah, Peak. Yeah, there's all like Volcano. Uh, there's loads of those sort of like end of the world films. Is it 2020? For me, my f- my f- oh 20 yeah 2012 sorry 2012 yeah, yeah that's the, the one with the, the uh, end of the world one again there's a lot of those my favorite i think is probably independence day because of all the great lines in it all the yeah, really cheesy lines and the yeah yeah and the great action obviously it's aliens as well it's a bit different but you know, that's probably my, my favorite of those my only worry and it was the same worry i had when i Disaster went movies, that's to watch um the day after tomorrow it's like you know, obviously when you're younger, you watch them and you think, yeah, all right. And then when you watch them again, it could completely, you know, you don't see it through the rose-tinted yeah. glasses anymore. You just see it for what it is and it is just like balls. Um, but, you know, it, we weren't going for anything serious. We just wanted to just watch some something. Have you watched... Um, crap. Have you watched Contagion yet since lockdown? I mentioned it on the podcast a while ago. I, w- I watched it a few weeks ago, yeah. The I mean, Jude Law and... Um, who else is it? Uh, uh, Matt Damon and a bunch of different big actors based around the pandemic and stuff. It's, Talk about the podcast. It, it, it felt so similar to what's actually happened. Like it, it felt like it had been written like yesterday, sort of thing. Oh, and it's amazing, like, isn't it? How accurate it was. Yeah, yeah. Even down to like the fake drugs and all that sort of stuff. Like touted, you know, touted by all the different media outlets and stuff. What was interesting was Matt Hancock, the health secretary, was referencing that. He was like, <laughs> parts of that, he was worried about, he was watching it and he was like, it was influencing the decisions of like how they, how they like rolled out the vaccine and stuff. It was just like crazy. But um, yeah, anyway, that's also kind of in a similar kind of vein. Yeah, of like, I would say know, so. In the world sort of so. stuff going on. Cool. Well, yes. yeah, sounds good. Is that is that you wrapped up then or is that? Yeah, I mean... Uh, yeah. yeah, I've been watching like TV. Yeah. Oh, you know what I did watch actually? Um, you guys might have seen it. I watched the Night Manager. Oh yeah. Uh, uh, you enjoy which it? Which is like the. It's alright, isn't it? It's alright. It's a BBC show. Yeah. Or ITV. Um, ITV or Tom, BBC. Tom Hiddleston is it? Yeah. Yeah, Tom Hiddleston. It's like that Bond wannabe kind of. You know, he's sort spy of spy sort of thing going yeah. on. Yeah. It was fine. It was fine. Like. People were like rare that really rare that TV program, and I just thought like I think it's people people who don't watch much TV or much good TV. You know what I mean? Like they yeah. watch sort of terrestrial stuff, and I don't know. I wouldn't, you know, I wouldn't again. Like the reason I was sort of not talking about it on the pod was because I was like, I don't really want to talk about it. Like, where's One Division? Each episode I've watched, I've like really enjoyed, and I've been very intrigued, and it's, I like how it's sort of drip feeding these little bits of information about the overall world and I'm curious to know more and I don't really want to talk about it because yeah. it's not finished yet but um, whereas like the night manager I was just like yeah okay yeah cool yeah yeah but, you know went in stopped some more criminal and <laughs> you know the government is bad what you know tell me something I didn't already know <laughs> so Johnny can you tell us something we didn't already know um, what, have what have I been watching uh, I've started watching Departures again, um, which is a travel show. Um, oh, I'm thinking, oh, I really, I'm thinking <laughs> is it actually like, is it actually EasyJet 
documentary from no, the 2000s. It's basically <laughs> like these three guys who, um, well, two of them uh, run a uh, like a production company in Canada, and they sort of built up after over eight years, and then they decided, right, we're just going to go travel the world and film it and make a TV show out of it. It's yeah really fun really easy to watch it's just like really small little snippets of what they do kind of on the year or the couple of years that they're they're out there um Mm -hmm. and sort of the issues of like traveling while having girlfriends um who are back home and um you know sounds like a youtube show uh it kind of could be but like the production's pretty good like the cinematography is really nice um and it's just easy to watch like you can watch five uh five or ten minutes of it and get something out of it It just moves really quick uh you know there's a good pace to it um so it's on amazon prime yeah it's just good for what like if you're just wanting some something nice to look at as you're having your dinner or something like that. So, yeah, but it's the second time watching through it and it's still pretty enjoyable. Kind of reminds us, like, they're, like, similar-ish age um, to us when they were out filming it, uh, maybe a little bit older. So, kind of, like, their style and stuff that they wear is kind of, like, reminds us, <laughs> reminds me of a younger version of me yeah. in, in some way. So, yeah, it's good, good for watching. It's pretty chill. And I've watched Point Break as well, which is just Ooh. classic. The, the, the original? Yeah, I've not watched yeah. the, the remake. Um, it's, it's got pretty slated. Although I'd, I'm intrigued to see what happens in it, why it's so bad. But yeah, Point Break's just classic in it. It's just, uh, yeah, um, great film. Yeah. Um, so yeah. And it's one of those you... films that I can't really remember much about, but I just remember it being really good, <laughs> really, really enjoyable. Yeah, it's, it's an action film. Uh, basically, uh, Keanu Reeves is an FBI agent and he goes undercover as a surfer to infiltrate a surf gang who rob banks when it's surf season. Mm. <laughs> so it's... Makes sense. It's sort of like a precursor to Fast and Furious sort of thing, wasn't it? Yeah. It's, Very similar. It was 91, so it's quite um, a way before any of those films, but it had... It's just like full of like really high intense action stuff like jumping out of planes without parachutes and mm. that yeah, kind of thing so yeah no it's good and it's got Keanu in it Keanu's very watchable yeah and Patrick Pretty Swayze as well um, yeah. they're a good good team and it's directed by Catherine Bigelow as well who's quite a good director um, she's done some of my favourite films so yeah decent film again looks quite nice in, in places especially the surfing shots uh, they're all pretty decent, so yeah, I think that's on Prime as well. If you want to watch that, nice. I have been watching a couple of things, but I mean, I'm just going to stick it to the one. I finally got around to watching The Wire. Finally, so good. And I'm sorry, this is like a movie quest podcast, and we're talking about a lot of TV, but The Wire. Yeah, I mean, this has been on my list to watch for years, probably over ten years now. Um. Yeah. Since you lent me the DVDs, Aaron, years and years and years ago, and uh, yeah, watching it now, like it's interesting because it feels like very much. I remember when it came out and people people raving about it, and it felt fairly new and stuff. Whereas watching it now, like it's definitely like very much of a time period. It's very very much like you know early two thousands, 
police procedural sort of show it feels like a little bit um yeah. it's interesting because yeah it's it, it's super bingeable it's probably one of the first shows i think that was like sort of I don't know made to be bingeable but like i remember people talking about it like getting the box set and watching all the way through super quick you know like over like a weekend or whatever so I've, mm-hmm. yeah that's basically been what i've been doing for the last like week or so i've just been watching Who, what episode are you up to i finished season one Oh, you finished season one? Yes. Oh, wow. You have smashed that. Yeah, That's insane. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's yeah. not like an easy feat because they are long episodes. 55, okay, so minutes your... lo- 55 minutes long. So who's your favorite character? So I'll just give you a quick quick cap of the story just so people, if you've never watched it. It's basically, Don't spoil it. Don't I'm not spoil going to spoil it. it. I'm going to spoil it. The basic setup is it's based around... Um, sort Baltimore. Of Baltimore, drug, gr- drugs, uh, drug dealing and like... The police trying to catch the, these uh, sort of higher ups in this sort of drug gang, um, and they the premise. I, it sort of makes sense now, like thinking back on it, but I didn't ever really put it together. The premise is like the the name comes from the the, the, the wiretap, a lot of the phones and stuff, um, and then there's these different. You're seeing it from different points of view, seeing it from like the point of view of the gang and then the point of view of the police and it sort of goes back and forth between them and it's a sort of cat and, cat and mouse chase with the police trying to catch them and the the sort of gang's trying to get away with stuff it's very similar it feels like a definitely a, a great companion piece to the sopranos like if you yeah, want more of that yeah. that sort of world yeah, but it's yeah. like a different sort of lens that you're seeing it through um Really enjoyed, yeah, really enjoyed it. But yeah, go on, Aaron, ask, ask away uh, questions. Well, a lot, a lot of people compare. They put these two together, don't they? Like Sopranos and, and The Wire, like the sort of two big TV programs. Both from HBO sort of. as well. Um, yeah, it's around um, similar times. And a lot of arguments over which one's better. Um, it's probably definitely The Sopranos. So, but anyway, um, who's, who's your favorite character, and like what sort of stood out from season one yeah okay you. so um favorite character is probably omar because he's just the most like lights up the screen the most he has the most it, yeah he's the most interesting character probably in the show he yeah. he's like a sort of a rogue uh he's not on the police side he's not on the gangster side he's sort of doing his own thing and he's getting revenge or if or through he sort of feels like there could be a film just based around him to be honest um, so and then just on omar sorry, yeah um like you, if you went back now and watch a lot of sitcoms, they reference Omar like particular scenes. You know the scene where he's sort of walking down the street with a shotgun, yeah, 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 and you see his like shadow. Yeah. That is like on like it's in like Friends, it's in like How I Met Your Mother. Yeah, it's like there's like right. loads of like so it's a big big thing. Yeah. Anyway, so yeah, Omar, and then obviously what stood out as well. Uh, I guess just like you've seen all these like actors starting their career. Uh, a lot of them. Mm-hmm. So you have mm-hmm. uh, Michael B. Jordan. He's he's in the first season. I don't, is, yeah. um, I don't know if he's in later ones. Um, he uh, he just like he's like a little baby, <laughs> little, little baby, baby boy. But you see straight away he's got something like he's really like, got his really good actor. Um, yeah, I don't know. Like it's just interesting. The first few episodes are quite hard to watch because they just sort of they don't hold your hand or anything or put you in slowly. No. They just drop you into this world. And there's so many names and so many characters, and you got to sort mm-hmm. of trying to keep up, which is quite refreshing because a lot of times they'll really start off slow and build you, just slowly build you up into it, but it's straight into it. Um, yeah, I mean, I'm really enjoying it. Again, I, at the moment, Sopranos is still more my my thing. I think I think I prefer the Sopranos, but I think part of yeah. it is is that I'm um, I was told for years 
years and years that The Wire was the best TV show of all time and it's sort of hard to live up to expectation. So obviously season one, it might, it might get might get more and more yeah. you know, elaborate and might, might do more. But um, so far, I'm really enjoying it. It's really easy to watch as well. It's like it's not like it's it's no it's it's, it's it's horrible bits in it you know murder and stuff but it's not like it's not as violent I don't think as Sopranos yeah. it's a bit more yes, yes, digestible um, yeah. it feels like a really do- well done like you know like a CSI or something but like really well yeah. like really well executed um, and one of the things that also stood out to me and again it's sort of now not I think at the time people looked at TV as being a bit of a eh, not not never as good as films it was always like the movies that were making had the most money, biggest actors and everything. Whereas obviously over the years, more and more film actors are going into TV and these sort of, sort of like bingeable, like almost like 10 hour movies or whatever you get on Netflix and stuff. Mm-hmm. But this feels like it was one of the first ones to do that, especially with like just the scope of it. It's so big, like so it's yeah. like so many locations uh, that, that you, you know, that you go into and just like so many characters and that and set pieces. And stuff. it's like, it's really well done. Anyway, Season one so far. I'll update you, you know, in a few weeks when we get further. Yeah, along. I mean, I'm so. very interested to see how you handle season two because I think it's probably one of the more difficult ones to watch. And um, what I would say, just for listeners um, that are interested in getting into the wire, like a lot of the young actors are actually from Baltimore. A lot of them are actually from gangs um, that they 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 hired to get them out of that situation. Uh, so yeah, it feels very can... it feels very like. Um, What's the word? Very legit. Uh, yeah, it is yeah. Obviously, apart from like you know, like Idris Elba, like and the various other like st- uh, actors like that are in that are part of it. Um, a lot of the younger cast, anyway, yeah. and especially in later seasons, are all like actually from like either in gangs or 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 have been involved or lost loved ones to to mm. people to drug abuse and stuff. So it's very like true to. Yeah what's actually happening on the street. So that's like its big appeal. Whereas like Sopranos, um, well, to be fair, they have a lot of gangsters. No, like, they did, yeah. They did have yeah, to be fair. Like... That, hurt, that whole, you know, Green Book, uh, that film that came out a few years ago. Yeah. Uh, won, I think it won Best Oscar. For, for, yeah, it did, yeah. Um, won award, yeah. One of the guys, I think he's called Tony Siric, oh, I can't remember his name, um, is Paulie from Sopranos. Yeah, yeah, um, he, he's an ex gangster, is he not? Yeah, po- yeah, Polly Walnuts. Yeah, yeah, he's like, uh, yeah, he was an ex gangster, and that film, Green Book, was based on him. Um, Whoa. Um, I'm pretty sure. Yeah, he was a driver in it, like his actual, like what he did in the in the past. Anyway, so yeah, it's like, uh, I'm pretty sure that, that that I'm pretty yeah I'm pretty sure I remember reading that. Um, so yeah, like Sopranos definitely have a lot of like you have a lot of real, and it's not quite Sopranos is quite meta where they go into gangster characters in the show mm-hmm. writing movies for gangsters and stuff which you got a lot. It's and, crazy, isn't it? Yeah. So anyway, so far the wire, I'm really enjoying it, and Good. I'm sort of a bit sad though on, on one part though because I feel like once I've done this, what's next? What's on the big, you know, what's on the big list of of shows that I've never got around to watching? I'm gonna have to look, look research out for something else because uh, it's been on Just the list re-watch. for so long. We watch Friday Night Lights. <laughs> like Mel is currently doing that at the moment, and uh, I'm sort of seeing it tangentially, uh, and it's sort of nice to dip my toe back into that because I've seen it you yeah. know, before. Uh, yeah, Landry in that show is still my favorite. Anyway, Landry, Lance. Sorry, no, sorry. We have talked about yeah. uh, the wire too much. I'm sorry, listeners. Anyway, you, you know what? Just because you should just go watch, just go watch it. Yeah, just go watch it. 
It's great. It's great. Right, guys. We're here. Let's get to the uh, the main event. Our first first movie in our dusk season. This week we're talking about Pitch Black, a film that came out in the, in the year two thousand. It was directed by David Tui, who was a notable other films he directed. Not not many to be honest, like mostly Riddick films that I recognise, and a couple of like um, sort of nineties sort of action films, but not not many. Uh, he was also the co-writer. He he wrote um, Pitch Black, but he was also co-writer of Waterworld, him and another fella, and The Fugitive as well. That's sort of his his big well-known. Um, uh, involvements, uh, well-known things he was involved with, with films. Uh, the actors, so we had Vin Diesel playing Riddick. We have uh, Radha Mitchell playing Carolyn, who ends up being the captain. We have Cole Hal- Hauser playing the bounty hunter. Keith David playing the imam. And uh, Claudia Black, no- no- notably from Farscape and Stargate, uh, who played Sharon. She was a, a, another one of the actors and a bunch of other sort of lesser-known actors. I'll give a quick description of the film. A commercial transport ship and its crew are marooned on a planet full of bloodthirsty creatures that only come out to feast at night. But then they learn there's a month-long eclipse about to occur. And, uh, yeah, so basically they crash land on this planet, don't they? And they discover that there's these monsters that come out at night. The budget for the film was $23 million and other films that came out of that year were American Psycho, Gladiator, X, the original X-Men and The Beach. So I see, a, I see a little bit of a trend with some of those films in terms of like how they were edited and filmed and stuff and I guess we can talk about that later. And uh, the first thing was, uh, Johnny mentioned this to me at the start, was why did I pick this film? So I thought I'd yeah, 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 I'd mention yeah. it. So obviously the, the topic... I guess the the thing that's that's kicking us off on this on this first part of the season was Aaron's pick, which was Dusk. So I was thinking about all the films that you know that could fit with this. A lot of them I'd seen before, so I didn't want to I didn't want to like straight away go out with a film I'd seen. And it was actually Mel's suggestion straight away. She was like, "Oh, but what Pitch Black?" And I was like, first of all, I was like, well, you know, you know a pitch black. I didn't know that that would be a film that you would be interested in and what in, you know, talking about or whatever. Um, just because she's not, that's not usually the type of film that Mel goes for. But, um, the more I thought about it, I thought, you know, the, it had an interesting, obviously like day and night cycle sort of thing going on halfway through the film. You know, the sun, it's all like the whole film is set around him being able to see, you know, in low light, uh, and, and darkness. And, you know, the pivot of the film to what, you know, in the middle of the film is when the sun's, Clip the sun, you know, the sun goes behind as as eclipse, and then obviously the night goes dark. I suppose it's never, you know, you could say, oh well, you know, it's day and night time, but I mean, whatever. We're we're keeping this loose, so that's primarily why I went for dusk. Um, it sort of fit, seemed to fit well with the topic, and I I hadn't seen the film before. Um, but yeah, uh, I, I think sorry, I think it hit the brief. I think you hit the brief. Mel, <laughs> yeah, there, was, there was definitely dusk in the film at some point. So yeah, yeah. you've you've yeah. you've ticked that box. So it will be. We're not going to kick it out at this stage. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, please. We have to do a whole episode on something else then. Uh, okay, so my first question for you guys is: Had you seen this film before? 
No, never seen this before. Heard of it. I mean, like, if you look at Pitch Black, there's so many Pitch Black films and TV shows and spin-offs and stuff. I've not seen a single one of them. Um, mm. Yeah, it just seemed to go past me, this, this, this film did. So, yeah, maybe I wasn't quite the right age when when it came out maybe it was a little bit young for it on its release yeah um but no never seen it i i had i thought i'd seen this but i was thinking of ghost of mars which oh, is a right. film i remember yeah, renting yeah. with my dad years ago and like yeah, going to like a rental yeah. shop and renting it out and watching that and uh because it's got similar vibes i think you know, oh yeah yeah, yeah but yeah, how yeah. about you Aaron? you seen it oh yeah i've seen this yeah. seen it multiple times like okay. more than once definitely more than maybe twice as well actually mm. this is like along the lines of you know like when we were talking about uh a day after tomorrow mm. um it's one of those like you know you'd be sat at home and it'd be like a late friday night and you'd just be flicking through the channels or whatever be- itv2 like, yeah, 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 yeah 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 bbc like six or whatever and you'd be like halfway through the film and you'd think Oh, I could stick the kettle on, just finish it off. Just finish the finish pitch back. Well, on, we can talk about this go. later, but I mean, like, halfway through the film is where it gets good, in my in my opinion. So that, that's sort of, uh, so that's probably the be- the perfect point to actually watch the film. So this this came out in tw- in the year 2000. Yeah. And I was just thinking, yeah. like, where were you guys around at that point? Like, what, what sort of stuff were you into? And, like, would, would you have watched this back in the day when, when it really? first came out, if you could? Like, I, I would have been 11 time i think for me like this is probably in the just about the right age range for me to really get into this um like it's again like i was big into like farscape stargate um those sort of like low budget sort of uh sci-fi film and tv shows and it, and it had like you know in terms of like the even like the editing style and stuff it made me feel a lot of i felt like i was watching some sort of like um Made for made for t- made for TV films, kind of like it. It made me think a lot about yeah, Stargate, Farscape, plus sort of low budget sci fi stuff. This would be right up my street, I think, if I, if I was if I'd watched it back in the day. Yeah, I mean, I used to watch a lot. Of, have you ever heard a show called Sliders? Oh yeah, yeah, um, yeah, yeah and yeah, yeah. great, great. TV. Like there was a there was a perfect, perfect uh, TV schedule. Like I'd come in from school, you get Arthur, you get all your standard ones, Blue Peter, News Round. You'd have to sit through half an hour of Neighbours, then you get Simpsons, Star Trek, yeah. and maybe yeah. a Sliders or Buffy the Vampire Slayer after it, and yeah. you'd be oh, done. Buffy, oh, yeah. yeah, and Buffy. you'd have you'd have like that period of that that went on for years. That like the way yeah, that it was a good the, time. that TV was kind of scheduled, and you'd get the mix of all the different Star Treks, like Generation, Next Generation. Uh, Next Generation and Deep Space Nine and Voyager. Um, uh, I remember yeah. specifically, like, because I used to live in a pub and we'd have these big, like, big TVs. Because um, at the time, that was, like, a novel thing. And I remember going down... Da- every Thursday night, I'd go down, because it'd probably be pretty empty on a Thursday night, I'd go down, I'd pull up the sofa in front of the big TV in the lounge of the part of the pub, and I'd sit and put on Stargate. That was my thing. Like, I watch Stargate this week, and we're gonna get into it, and I can see see what see what the the Guaul are up to this week. Um, yeah, but yeah. Sorry. Stargate reminds me of doing my art homework because it used to be on Sunday afternoon on like Channel Four, 
And I, yeah. I just remember getting hand cramp, just like coloring, making this massive shape, just coloring it in for hours and hours on end. Yeah. Mm. Um, yeah, great times. But yeah, I think that was like what I would have been doing around the release of this. So I think that's like, I just want to highlight that as like a very important time. I think for a lot, maybe a lot of us, like I would consider our group of friends to be quite nerdy. And I think I've said it in the podcast before, but like my mom was like super into like sci-fi, Buffy, Star Trek, Star Wars, whatever. And she was the one that sort of instilled this nerdiness in me. And this period of time, we're talking about, you know, watching Star Trek, watching Buffy, you know, on like a Friday night. Um, and then, you know, watching your crappy, you guys like your pitch blacks and things like that, like. Like it's in sci-fi films, not crappy, but you like, know, like sci-fi films. B movie sort of like low yeah, budget yeah. sci-fi, yeah. Like this like, is where yeah. like nerd Aaron was like crafted, I think, in this peak period <laughs> of like TV. It's like the go like kids nowadays, like they have no idea. Like they just have it on like Netflix. Oh or yeah, 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 we yeah. had this. You like, have to like it was just like looking forward to that weekly, that weekly like oh so I can good. watch this new show I'm watching at the moment. Like you can't go online and watch it or whatever. You just have to sit and watch it on TV. It's... You know, and you might yeah you get Quantum Break in there. Yeah. And you just get like loads of like little classics where you know. I don't know, like I feel, yeah, I feel like it was you a good that was Fast a good Gate? period of time. You Fast yeah, Farscape, yeah, yeah Farscape. Yeah, yeah, I always thought that was such an odd program. It was so weird. It's mental, yeah. It's some of like the 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 costuming and stuff and it, it, to me, just like just just like obviously what I what I'm gonna latch on to, this film really felt like it was part of the same universe as Farscape in some ways. Just like yeah, just yeah, some yeah. of the costume design and the way it's like I think mostly maybe the way it's edited and stuff, it just felt very very early 2000s, like they discovered how to digitally edit certain things and do all these weird effects and stuff. Zooms and stretches and this sort of stuff you couldn't do with normal film. And they're like, yeah, let's, uh, let's get this in the film. It's so, it's so cutting edge. And if you look, you look, you look back on it now and it feels quite dated. It's, it doesn't feel like, you look at like films from like, I don't know, 70s, 80s, even like early 90s. You're talking about Point Break before, Johnny. Mm. Like the way it's shot and stuff, like it still holds up today. Whereas like, these sort of when they were still like figuring out how to you know all these different techniques and stuff they could use i'm thinking like the beach as i mentioned before the 2000 uh films that came out in 2000 the beach had loads of weird cuts and edits and stuff gladiator i remember having some odd stuff with like some like time lapse and strange little dream sequences and stuff I feel like a lot of that around that time they experiment a lot with the the editing styles. I, of the, of the, of I feel like uh, the pl- the room in which they edited this film, they edited this first, and then Gladiator after, and the sepia from this film leaked over into Gladiator, <laughs> because that is a heck. That is like it's stained. It's like looking at it's, it through. It was like... an interesting way though, isn't it? It was it was sort of interesting how because obviously in the, in the in their little world that they're at. You've got three suns, and they're like one's like a blue sun, one's like an orange sun. I don't know what the other one was, but like it like affected what 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 was out on that time of day affected the light. So it was like parts of it was super blue and blown out and stuff. And I guess I understand what they were going for, but it, it doesn't mean it was nice to watch. <laughs> it was just like oh, this is just like really uncomfortable watching this blown out. Really, I, like desaturated I, and bluey. I'm pretty sure, like the videographer was just like, "Okay, we can do. We've got these filters. How can we like use these filters? Oh, let's put in three suns. That'll do it. And then it's just like, yeah, yeah stage lights for the, for the for the scenes. Um, do you not think like 
they were like heavily inspired like they watched like the matrix and they were like the matrix has like, that sort of green black tinge to it and they were like oh that was trendy like i i genuinely think like all the films that we've just described the beach but and the way it was all sort of shot and cut like everyone just watched the matrix yeah. and was like how can we do something edgy like yeah. that again i'm not saying they copied they did i like, think the matrix is so much better like done so much better Whoa, with so much yeah, more better I mean, taste yeah. and stuff mm. absolutely i was like, curious actually. i walked into like i was like oh, i wonder who the editor was or who the um, cinematographer was for these for this film i looked into them both and as far as i could tell they just look like guns for hire they look like they just do all sorts of different films and things like there's no you know you see a certain cinematographer or a certain Maybe not, maybe edit yeah, or whatever. You yeah, notice yeah. like through lines of sort of similar like similar sort of films I do or like sort of style. Yeah. It felt like they were just sort of we just want to go. We're going to go. It probably. I mean, maybe it was just the director. We want to go with his ideas, and they were sort of experimenting with stuff. But yeah, it was interesting. Part part of me thinks that like this film was never meant to be as big as it as it ended up being. Yeah, I totally feel that because it's. <sighs> Like some well, apparently yeah. originally the, the the script was written as a Aliens three script. It was originally you did a script for Aliens three, and it was sort of oh that's not we don't want to do this for Aliens. It was like all about a prison ship and stuff, and crash landed on the planet, and then they were like ah oh, no we want to we don't want to go that direction. So then you sort of rescued the script and made it into this. Because do you reckon they had did they have like a further Riddick plan in mind? Because in other words, there's like three Riddick films based off this one film. Mm. Do you reckon that was always like in the director's head? Nah. Or like, did like this filler's ego that he thought well yeah, people really like that. I feel like Riddick yeah, could uh, get, you know, there could be a depth to <laughs> just it. Just gonna keep running. Because I, I, cause I, I don't, I don't, personally I don't, I don't see it because in this film like Riddick's character has like obviously like this sort of they give a little bit to his backstory but it doesn't really the Riddick that you see in the other films doesn't really transfer into this film as well as you know it's it's weird like because obviously I haven't seen the third film I've definitely seen the second the Chronicles of or whatever yeah. it feels very more like much more like Guardians of the Galaxy than you know like the serious parts of Guardians of the Galaxy yeah. rather than so so than from what that. I've read they made the film um, and wrote the film made the film and then they as they're filming it. Um, Basically, Vin Diesel really liked the character and was like constantly chatting. Well, was chatting to the director about it, and then basically, originally, he was going to die on the planet and she was going to fly away, but they sh- they switched it because they they thought, oh, we really like this character Riddick and we think we could make more films with him, and so we want to see. So they started like coming up with more of a backstory like during like on on set. They're coming up with a backstory, adding that into the film, and then obviously like they went off and span it off into its own series, um, which I think you can kind of tell. Like, it's just like, I mean, like, it, it he is kind of the most interesting thing about the film, I suppose. So I can understand why they've done that. But, um, yeah, like, I don't think it originally wanted to do that. I think they just sort of, as they were going, like, oh, they realised that they could probably make some money out of this. Yeah. Yeah, yeah it, did, it did sort of, I guess you're right. Like, towards the end, he was more of, like, a caricature than he was. I don't know, it's... Yeah, now that you said that, like they're sort of as they were going through the film, they've tried to make it more interesting. It mm. definitely feels like that, as like as you said, like when the film sort of has that moment where it changes, um, and you say it gets interesting. Like, it, I guess that's where he comes into more of his own, and it does feel like you sort of shoehorning like, like a 
me. I'm I'm so good. But I, you know what? It's, I also think it's a, a, a Vin Diesel trait. Like his characters, if he's a main dude, like he's always going to be like... Go from antagonist to a protagonist. Yeah. Go for like, that story arc of him becoming the guy that you want to root for. Yeah. I agree. That's like, it's his thing, other than his moment in Saving Private Ryan. This is like one of the first films that he's in, isn't it? Yeah, he was in Saving Private Ryan. He did the voice for Iron Giant. And then this was his breakout role where he was like the main lead man, whatever. Breakout role, that's crazy. It's quite iconic, though, with the glasses and stuff like that. Mm. I remember remember that that and him and the way that he looked. uh, His voice. Like, (laughs) I didn't... I don't remember anything else about the film, but I just knew he wore those like little weird glasses, mm. and you'd see those Oakley kind of copies everywhere, with the ones with the straps that go over the top of your head. Um, mm-hmm. yeah. But uh, yeah, it did seem like at the end when the uh, the that he managed to get away and that other person got taken by the by the creatures, that did seem really odd. It's uh, you know. It was a little bit tacked on at the end. Yeah, yeah it's like oh, let's quickly just reshoot this, and we'll just see how it turns out in the edit. And then she's like, "Oh, maybe I'm going to get a sequel." It's like, no, ridiculous. <laughs> it was kind of a nice story was arc, though, wasn't it, for her? Like at the start of the film, she's basically wanting to ditch all the other passengers to save the save herself, basically, or save her and her, the captain, or whatever, because she, she wants to survive. And then by the end of the film, she's like. Going back to save. I mean, it's a bit of a it's a bit it's a bit silly, but I mean, it's it's a nice little story out for her. Did um, did you guys halfway through have to turn down your lights? No. Well, so I started the film off in yeah, pitch black, Johnny, because yeah. it was pitch I, black. I had I had my light on a fairly dim setting, and then the it when like you get one like basically there's like a couple of moon uh, sun cycles. And they go to set, and then it just everything just goes really dark, and I yeah. couldn't see anything. So I was like, right, I'm gonna have to like completely t- was it, turn the lights out. Was it like that moment in um, Game of Thrones where they <laughs> did that entire episode, which oh, like was just so like watching a black oh. black screen, and then they like came out and was like, well, if your TV isn't good enough, then you obviously just need to get a better TV because that was fine when we edited it, and it was yeah. just, I, I was, it was something along those lines, yeah. and it was like, no. That season was hot trash and you tried to cover it up for being hot trash. All right. Just get out. Stupid. Yeah. Ruiners. Anyway. Yeah, I I um I I said before about the halfway point. I think at sixty minute mark it changes from daylight to so it goes dark. And to me, like the first like there's some interesting bits with him as like, okay, he's a scary guy or whatever in the world's scary. But I kind of was just annoyed. I was just sort of like, this is kind of annoying mm. watching them all like they crash landing this shit on this on this planet, and they're not really trying to do much. They're just trying to like figure out where this guy's escaped to, and like I don't know, it just felt, felt a bit contrived. And then like all the little caricatures of like the British guy and the the imam and the like um, the Aussie guy, and it just felt very very like caricatures. Yeah. And I was just thought it, it was the best bit was yeah when it got dark when the actual like bad guys came out, the monsters came out, and there was a bit more of like an actual fret and they had to figure out okay it's, it's a bit more simple now we've got to get this thing these these cells or whatever to this ship and then we can escape and it was just like right it's, it's almost like it's own little mini, mini movie that could yeah. just watch that alone so do you um, not find it was so annoying to watch that bit every every person apart from riddick was faltering and just not sticking to the plan and kind of yeah. the first person you know, he drops he drops something and he goes and fetches it, all the lights fall off and he gets taken up and then 
people are just like, oh, I'm tired and like, I can't yeah. go any further. And it's just like, it just seems one <laughs> thing after another, after another. And then it seemed like, you know, like to me, Riddick was the dad on a walk. Dragging everyone Like mum and the kids are like, oh, I'm tired, I'm tired. And Riddick's yeah, yeah. going, oh, I'll get the car, I'll bring the car. And he like runs on ahead. I'm just, just drive off, <laughs> drive off and have a better life somewhere else. <laughs> Like leave these guys because they're just oh, gonna they're gonna slow you down. Wow. Like I was really, but the but that sort yeah, but that sort of stuff. I really thought the thing that was running through my head was like, wow, like people rated this film when it first came I out. I know At least it felt like that, it. Yeah, and these characters are they're not written well. Like this dialogue is yeah. balls. Like and people ate it just like ate that up. I know it like, it's mm, interesting because I remember hearing like loads of positive stuff about this film. <laughs> And, like, I think there are some interesting bits in it. And I think it probably, again, it's one of those films where it's quite an old film now. It's probably doing some interesting stuff at the time, especially with, like, CGI and stuff. But although the CGI wasn't, wasn't great, to be honest. But, I mean, whatever. It was fi- it wasn't as bad as some stuff I've seen. Um, but, yeah, there was, like, even, like, the editing style was bad. Like, the acting was, I mean, it was, it was okay. And the story itself was a bit just... They just happened to land on this on this planet. Yeah, like, very convenient. On the day it? that it was going to... Every twenty-two years, like with a guy with a guy you can see in the dark, and And they rock up at a place where there's a base. There's a base literally right next to where they crash land of all the planets. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. But Riddick is an interesting character and quite fun to watch. That's 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 probably it's like main like that's probably the reason why it sort of lived on and people liked it Mm. and stuff was literally just just him as a character and. The sort of fighting stuff. I mean, I was, I, afterwards I watched some um, trailers for Chronicles of Riddick and um, Riddick, the one that came out in 2013, I think it was. Mm. Also, there's a, there's one in production right now called... Oof, I, I, try, wow. I try and, I try and um, remember what it's called. And it's by... Wow. I'm pretty sure it's by the same director as well. Oh, I might have to dip uh, my toes so, yeah, into that. David Tui is... Yeah, it's uh, Furrier... Which I think is the. I'm not sure what it is. I'm not sure what Fairy is. But here's the storyline. When Riddick finally finds his home planet, he has no idea what's in store for him. <gasps> um, I mean, there's not much there. That's like I'm. I am tempted to watch the 2013 film that came out. Like I am very tempted to so, watch it. Uh, just from the trailers, I watched Chronicles of Riddick back in the day. I think I watched that and hadn't watched Pitch Black, which is an odd thing. Uh, that's like. Almost a completely entirely different type of film. It's almost yeah, like it so it's almost different. like an Iron Man or something. Well, not Iron Man, yeah. like a Thor film or something. It's very weird. No, that's what I was saying about Sci-fi. the whole like Guardians of yeah. the Galaxy type thing. You know the purple dude who's got the big hammer in Guardians of the Galaxy. Yeah, like he flies up whatever ship. It just feels like a movie about yeah. him. The the second the, sorry the the third one Riddick 2013. As far as I can tell for the trailer, that is basically. They've just gone back to pitch black, and then they've gone right. Okay, it's about a load of I think, ten bounty hunters, maybe or something like that. Some some number of bounty hunters are all after Riddick on this planet, and you never guess what the planet. I don't know if it's the same planet, but the planet just so happens that it gets dark, and there's, there's uh, monsters that are afraid of light, and Riddick, ha- and then, and then the bounty hunters have to you know get together with Riddick and work together to escape or whatever. It's like what it's so. From the trailer, it looked like it was almost a like a remake of the of the first film. Um, they, they sort of rehashed it. I'm curious about curious about furry, whatever it's called, the furrier, the, the the new one. But I mean, I won't hold my hope up. 
you know what I kept thinking? I just kept thinking like it was an extended video for like the Prodigy. <laughs> like I just kept fi- think at some point like someone from Prodigy is just gonna jump in and start like going fire yeah. start or something like yeah. what is like I just I'm watching like the Prodigy's feature film. And the Prodigy, the Prodigy like, I like Prodigy. Like they're a good yeah. band. Like they're a good. I band. I don't want to like slate it too much because I did I did enjoy it. It was just a lot of bad stuff in it, and it doesn't really hold up now. I don't think it doesn't really hold up today. But one thing I will say was I thought the music was pretty terrible. I don't. You guys are more musicy, but to me the music was pretty shocking. No, there nothing it, stood out music wise yeah. to me. Yeah. I can't even remember it. I remember wanting to. Oh. To turn the um, the uh, credits off at the end because the music was annoying me. Yeah. Um, I, don't, I mean, I remember that. There's some good stuff to come out of this film. People like it. I understand why they like it. It's sort of that has a little similar vibe to Firefly and Serenity as well a little bit. Mm. But I think there's just there's just better films out there now. Um, so I think I mean unless you guys want to keep talking about it, I'm happy to to call that call that for today. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, the only thing I would say is any listeners who still think this is a good film, have you watched it recently? Because I don't think it's aged well. Like, I don't Mm. think that sort of, the way that they've cut the film, you know, the way they were sort of using the camera angles to sort of build tension, that has sort of been worked out a film in a different way. It feels like early 2000 TV to me. Yeah, it's just not great. I, 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 I wasn't hopeful going in because um, I kind of knew that it wouldn't be great. But now that I've seen it, I was like, oh, yeah, I didn't, I didn't, I don't think it's aged well at all. Um, but I am happy, as you said, and that they're going to be doing more with Riddick because that character is ridiculous. <laughs> like, it just sounds like, you know, I'm excited to watch a crappy good film later yeah. on. I mean, I could be, I could watch those other Riddick films and absolutely hate them too. And, totally not be into it i don't think I guess. I, 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 from what i can tell from the trailers i think the, the third one might be better than the second one i've watched the second one years ago but i don't i didn't really know what was going on at the time when i watched it and uh, i can't remember much of it now apart from being a bit bored but yeah um apparently i think from what i read online the third one was a bit better yeah just remember we didn't do the we didn't do the funny reviews should we do, oh, should we do, do it now? now yeah 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 yeah, yeah. So, I, it. so before we close, um, we've got so well before we close, I talk about um Rid, uh, Riddick, not Riddick, uh, Pitch Black. We've got some fun, um, fun reviews to read out. So I've got um one here. Uh, so these by, these basically like, this was Johnny's idea. So you know, explain Johnny. No. This is uh, basically we wanted to pick out some funny one-star reviews from Rotten Tomatoes, like but from users, and uh, just see what the what the audience feel about this film. Maybe we'll read some some five-star ones potentially at some point. But uh, well, this is a this is a one-star review. Um, it's by Christopher P. Uh, if I could give this zero stars, I would. I watched this film when it first came out in the cinema all those years ago and they were definitely two hours of my life that I will never get back. It was absolutely awful. Absolute rubbish. Don't bother wasting your time. Like, this is bad. Which is, like, it's crazy because, like, this dude, because I went on, it's like on Amazon and he's obviously gone on to the 
DVD section and wrote a review for it on the DVD section just to steer people away from it. I've also got one. I'm not going to read the review because I don't really care. But the title funny. The title is funny. The title is Chewbacca's Left Nut. And then <laughs> the other one is by Eddie M. And it just says Totally Crud Movie. I've got so. one here, which is uh, a guy called Peon N. Half Star Review. Rotten Tomatoes. Uh, when I saw the name Pitch Black, I thought it would be good. But when I watched it, I could see the things on the screen. Ah, <laughs> uh, funny, funny. <laughs> uh, I have one from Justin L. Bad acting and no plot. The action scenes aren't that cool. <laughs> not that. They're great. not that cool. Cheers. <laughs> it... <laughs> I got one, but sorry, go on. I just, I just like it that action scenes are usually quite cool, but they're not that cool in Pitch Black. Yeah. Yeah. I've got one. There's a bit of sweary in it, so maybe I'll bleep this out or maybe I just won't put it in at all. But in spite of a mumbling dipshit Vin Diesel In spite of mumbling dip, mumbling dipshit Vin Diesel, not his real name, power squatting his way through every scene, pitch black is a bit of fun. I'd echo that. I could like towards the end I could hardly hear what anyone was saying. We had nothing to like Turn it up and down constantly yeah. because you couldn't hear yeah. the dialogue very well. Yeah. Particularly uh, him, particularly him, and I'm, I imagine that was like a stylized choice, and it was like it doesn't work, mate. It doesn't yeah. work. Just talk normal. <laughs> well, I'll hope. It was like when remember when Tom Hardy uh, the Batman, uh, sorry, Dark Knight Rises, and everyone was complaining that they couldn't hear what he was saying in the in the cinema, and I think they re, didn't they re put it out with like tweaked audio to fix the tweaks the mi- uh, fix the mix. Uh, bad times, right? Shall we get on to putting this uh, ranking this film? Yeah, 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 yeah. So uh, obviously we've got no films in the list, so it goes in straight at number one. Yeah, 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 yeah. So number one film so far this season uh, for dusk. Yeah, yeah, for for this season. Yeah, season five. Great. <laughs> well, you know, it'll be. Will it stay at number one? And you are go. you confident? Uh, not particularly. <laughs> I don't know, like. Might, might might be a grower. I might like it in a few weeks. No, I think, uh, I mean, obviously it's got flaws, but there's some bits of it I liked. I'm glad I picked it. I hadn't, it's one of those films I hadn't seen and wanted to see. So I'm glad we, uh, we had a chat about it. And uh, yeah. Oh, one last thing. One last thing. Because uh, it was Mel's choice, really. Did Mel watch it with you? Yeah, Mel watched it, yeah. Uh, what did Mel think? She thought it was all right. Yeah, she thought it was, like, same with me. Like, you know, we didn't like a lot of the bits of it. We found parts of the editing and the the, the the visuals a bit off-putting but and she kept them like we kept pointing out like why would you do that why did you do these silly stupid it's like the same sort of things you do in horror films where they do really bad like choices and stuff it's like why are yeah you, yeah yeah why are you doing that but uh yeah we, we watched it and it was fine i suppose yeah, although yeah. to be honest right i didn't talk about this in the podcast earlier we watched parasite again the other day Oof. uh i, I mel never seen it and I, I wanted to watch it again because it's been a while since i watched it at the cinema last and um, and she thought that was fine as well. So, That's insane to me. I mean... That's insane to me. What? I don't know if I can trust this woman's opinion about anything these days. Never mind uh, films. Yeah, I mean, Parasite, fine. It was it was fine. It was okay. Now, I'm, she's going to listen to this now and she's going to send in some angry letter in or she's going to shout at me for saying uh, <laughs> that I misrepresented her, her thoughts. But I'm pretty sure she said it was fine. Anyway. I mean... If there was ever an eleven out of ten, 
Parasite would be that yeah. that film. Yeah. You know. <laughs> still holds up, mate. Still holds up. Very good film. Um, yeah. Okay, so the last thing we need to do before we, we leave all you beautiful people out there listening to us is uh, get to the next film in the season. So, yeah. who is picking next? I, I, Johnny always goes last, um, and I'm hoping that he hasn't chosen the film that I want to choose so I'll let you Johnny you go cool so the film I'm going to pick is from 2013 and it's called Blue Ruin oh Blue Ruin oh, oh. Blue Ruin it's the town that was all quickly googling it oh, I watched this Ruin. recently <laughs> I watched this in the last like I watched this like Ooh. last year this is totally a Johnny movie isn't it look at it it's oh, totally a Johnny I... movie Johnny you, you've seen this right I have seen it, yes. Because you recommended this to me years ago, I'm pretty yeah. sure. So that's why, like, you know, seven or eight years later or whatever, like, I watched yeah. it. So, so, yeah, it was. I remember this as having quite, um, quite a lot of it set at sunset. Um, and, yeah, in, in like, uh, fan stuff that I've seen recently, it just reminds me of a dusky time. So, yeah, it's a film that I've seen. Um, so yeah, that would be my pre-watched. Johnny pick. out the gate with his his film he's already watched, just burning that straight away, and make it more interesting yeah, for the for the future seasons. Yeah, that's good. You haven't chosen my pick, and I think my pick's gonna is a strong contender to win. I think. Well, we'll get the get the next week, won't we? So next week we'll yeah. be talking about Blue Ruin. Blue Ruin. Pick. I'm looking forward to and it. And it's on Netflix. Okay. We're not going to have to pay for it like Pitch Black. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I wanted to mention, actually. So I, I just by everywhere out there, everyone, I rented uh, Pitch Black off YouTube on my TV. And I thought, why am I watching this on the TV? I've got a projector. I've got a screen. I'll watch it on that. So I put set that up. It wasn't, you know, it didn't take very long. My PC's hooked up to my projector so I can stream it on YouTube. And... Apparently, if you buy a film or rent a film on YouTube, on the and you try and watch it on the internet browser for your computer, it gives you a lower quality SD version of the of the film, and you can't that watch it in sucks. HD. That sucks. And it's what? a technical issue on their end that, that happened uh, towards the end of last year, and they haven't fixed it still. Wow. Oh wow! <sighs> so I was kind of annoyed about that, to be honest. You won't receive my services. Ever but, again? Yeah, never, YouTube, never no. watching YouTube ever again. <laughs> so you weren't able to watch Pitch Black in HD. No, so. I watched it on SD. Oh man, I, maybe I, mean, that I could have gone better. back onto my TV, but at the time I was like, projector, big screen, like yeah. turn off the lights. I, I felt like it was, it was still fine. Anyway, it was it was it was perfectly watchable, but I was just a bit disappointed with YouTube. Um, sorry, if I'm, I'm extending this podcast to longer than it needs to be. Right, okay. So, uh, thank you for listening. If you want to get in touch and let us know how wrong we are about Pitch Black, or maybe you've got like a, a review you want to send in of Pitch Black, you know, your, uh, and we read it out next time, you can contact us at podcast at themoviequest.com or message us on Instagram at themoviequest. Thanks for listening, guys. It's been a pleasure. Thank you, Aaron. Thank you, Johnny. Thanks, Jason. You're welcome. And we'll, uh, we'll see you next week. Bye. Bye. Bye bye.